kundalini yoga is going to trigger you. It is laser focused on getting to the exact issue that it is you need to work through and where you need to have a breakthrough. Ignite your best life. Yoga is the spark. Hello and welcome back to the Yoga Hacks podcast. Today we are talking about kundalini yoga, also known and called the yoga of awareness. Now, some of you may have already experienced kundalini yoga and some of you may just be curious about it and have no idea what it is. And in this podcast, I'm not only going to explain to you the basics of what kundalini yoga is, I'm also going to share my personal story of how I first tried kundalini yoga and went a little crazy. The story did not, uh, it's not the happiest story, but there's a lot of lessons in there that I want to share with you. Before we get started, I would love it if you would join our Facebook community, yogahackscommunity.com. And my next series challenge that we're all moving through together this spring spring, is called Uplifted Ritual. It's 30-minute videos that combine yoga and journaling and meditation. And you can get it completely free at brettlarkin.com forward slash ritual. Now, unlike some of my other free challenges on YouTube, this challenge is also going to DVD. But for those of you who do sign up, you will be getting free classes. So brettlarkin.com forward slash ritual if you want to make sure you get to do that with me this spring. Okay, now diving back into kundalini. Where is it from? What is it? So kundalini yoga has its roots in the tantric yoga tradition, which dates all the way back to the 8th century. So it's been around a really long time. And the founder of kundalini yoga in the West, who brought it to the West, is Yogi Bhajan. And he is sadly deceased now, but he was born in 1929. So you might be wondering, how is kundalini yoga different from my hatha or vinyasa practice? Or if you're brand new to yoga, you're maybe still reeling because there's so many different kinds of yoga, right? There's yin and restorative and hatha and vinyasa and kundalini and ashtanga. And I mean, I could go on and on. Um, But let's compare kundalini to a hatha or vinyasa practice. And there's so many differences, but the biggest one The easiest one is that kundalini yoga incorporates repetitive movements. So think about like twisting left to right over and over again, or uh, coming into a squat and coming out of a squat and then coming back into the squat over and over and over again, right? Repetitive movements. So a lot of times when you see someone doing kundalini yoga, you're like, is that yoga, right? Because they might just be sitting on the ground breathing or might just, they might just be making like these weird, um, twists left to right or they might just be like stomping one foot on the ground 42 times and then stomping the other foot on the ground 42 times things like that so that's obviously quite different from our linking breath and movement sort of fluid vinyasa style of flowing through a variety of postures like warrior one and warrior two they're there, are, there isn't really warrior one and warrior two in kundalini, although you do sometimes do sun salutations and a little bit of the hatha practice as a warm-up. But most of kundalini yoga is just these repetitive movements that you do in a very specific order, a very specific number of times. And these movements and in what order you do them and for how long make up what's called a kriya. So a kriya is a kundalini sequence of 
movement, breath, and mantra. So let's talk about the breath for a little bit because in our Hatha and Vinyasa practice, we're perhaps practicing Ujjayi breath, right? Or victorious breath, breathing in and out through the nose. Or even if we're not using Ujjayi as a tool, we're linking breath and movement, long, slow, fluid breaths, inhales and exhales equal length. In Kundalini, we're usually practicing a very specific breathing technique that goes with each exercise. So pranayama, breath work, is a very big part of everything you're doing. Another way that Kundalini is a little bit different from Hatha or Vinyasa yoga is in the chanting. Chanting and the use of mantras and singing is a huge part of Kundalini yoga. And one of the most famous uh, Kundalini things, mantras, is Satnam. Right? You might have heard of Satnam before, but it means truth is my identity. So, of course, in our Hatha or Vinyasa practice, we might chant Om at the beginning of class, or maybe a teacher has incorporated sound into the classroom in additional ways, a little bit of chanting at the beginning or the end. But with Kundalini, sound, chanting, and mantra is built in to many of these repetitive exercises. So you might be either silently chanting or actually chanting out loud, Sat Nam, Sat Nam, Sat Nam, Sat Nam, while doing specific repetitive movements or while doing specific breathing techniques. And you often are chanting or doing these repetitive movements for a prolonged period of time. And all of this is designed to shift our consciousness, right? So often if you just you know, saw someone from afar doing kundalini yoga, they might look a little crazy, but actually all these movements were very scientifically designed and put together by Yogi Bhajan. Each of these kriyas or sequences are very mathematical in how they activate, channel, and distribute prana or sat- your energy throughout your subtle body, your energetic body. So when you're in a Kundalini class and you're just thinking these things that I'm being asked to do seem so strange and random, just remember the Kriyas, which are not ever altered and changed. So when you go to a Kundalini yoga class, the sequence of postures you do and how long you do each posture, each and remember the postures are all like little repetitive movements that involve intense breath work. Um, These were designed to stimulate your nervous system and your glandular system in a very, very precise way. So you very much have to trust the teachings of Kundalini yoga as passed down through Yogi Bhajan when you do a class. Now, some of these Kundalini Kriyas, some of these sequences of repetitive movements and breath and chanting will leave you feeling amazing blissed out with a super profound sense of calm and clarity and joy and others will trigger you and they will often make you feel upset and I will tell my personal story about that in a moment. Kundalini yoga is designed to trigger your ego. It's designed to slay the ego and show you all those places where you maybe need to grow and change. So you might be listening to this and thinking like, this sounds like an incredibly unpleasant experience. And I'd encourage you not to make any judgments until you actually try a Kundalini yoga class. And I have one free on my YouTube channel right now, two actually free on my YouTube channel right now, which I will post below this video. And of course, if you want to go deeper, 
Kundalini is our monthly theme in Uplifted coming up. And I have a whole Kundalini training plan and booklet put together for you guys. So you can learn about Uplifted at upliftedyoga.com and become a member. And if you're also you know, suspicious and wondering why doing this would, would be a good idea, one way to think of it is that your vinyasa yoga practice is a great way to just balance yourself, feel centered, work out any kinks in the body, stretch and strengthen the muscles, and just ground down. Your kundalini yoga practice is really the place of transformation because again, these kriyas are designed to push your buttons and systematically take you into a state of greater awareness. And don't think that just because a lot of the kundalini yoga poses are done sitting down, that kundalini yoga is not a workout. Oh no. The people who practice kundalini yoga and the kundalini yoga masters are some of the strongest people you will ever, ever meet. For for example, Ashtanga yogis who maybe can do 108 sun salutes and 108 chaturangas in a row, all of a sudden ask those people to sit and chant Satnam with their arms at 45 degrees overhead doing a very precise, like almost Kabbalah Bhati breath of fire type breath as they chant for 30 or 45 minutes and they will just fall apart. They will not be able to do it. They will not be able to hold their arms statically above their head like that or have the mental willpower to uh, persist or even have the breath work capacity to keep pumping their belly in and out for such a long period of time. The people who practice Kundalini are so, so strong. And Kundalini is toning. Again, it is a a yoga, a form of yoga that is much more designed uh, to activate the subtle body and ignite transformation. Kundalini, by definition, is that three-coiled serpent of energy, your storehouse of prana that lives at the base of your spine. And we want to awaken that energy to move up the spine and connect with universal consciousness, move kundalini energy up through the chakras, through the crown of the head to connect with um, universal consciousness, God, however you choose to perceive whatever is beyond this plane of consciousness. So these are very, very powerful techniques. So again, it is more about transformation in the subtle body does not mean that you are not going to get an amazing workout doing kundalini yoga because so much of the kundalini techniques involve breath of fire, that pumping of the belly, right? (laughs) Which is incredibly heating, detoxifying, amazing for all your organs and It is the best ab workout ever. It's activating those deep transverse abdominal muscles that power your inversions. It's the equivalent of just doing the deepest level of crunches, actually. Uh, I'm sure maybe if you're a listener of this podcast, you've also heard or read books where they talk about how your happiness and how good you feel on a day-to-day basis is very much tied to your the microbiome in your gut or the bacteria in your gut. And I think we can all agree that we feel a lot better, not after we've eaten a massive Big Mac or hamburger, but when we maybe just have a green smoothie or eat really healthy, nutritious food. We want that good bacteria in our gut. We want our small and large intestine to be happy. And guess what? Nothing is better. Nothing could make um, the small and large intestine happier or cleanse it 
faster than these kundalini yoga techniques, this breath of fire, that, that dancing of the belly. So this is going to not only um, improve your overall well-being, it is going to improve your digestion big time. Also, if you're like me and you want to have beautiful toned sculpted arms, um, so many of the Kundalini postures ask you to hold your arms in certain positions, either alongside the body or above your head. And it's very, very challenging to hold your arm in that position. It is actually an isometric contraction, which is the same thing I used to teach when I taught bar method. So holding your arms in certain positions or holding your body in certain positions is extremely challenging. It's an isometric strength training workout. So very, people don't often talk about Kundalini yoga this way, but I am really encouraging you that if you're like that person who wants to get your workout in, which is very much me as well, it's not like you're sacrificing a workout in Kundalini. It's definitely a different kind of workout. You don't get to make those big feel-good movements like sun salutes and like a yummy triangle, right? You don't get to do that kind of thing or flow through sun salutes, um, although you can flow through a couple sun salutes to warm up. It's much more these repetitive movements, but it is going to strengthen you. And at the same time, it's going to challenge you and take your practice to a deeper, deeper level. No one, no one loves Hatha and Vinyasa yoga more than me. I'm like at the top of how much I love Hatha and Vinyasa yoga, but ultimately I think it can only take you so far to get to the next level in your self-development and your um, personal transformation work that you want to do. You're going to have to start really working with the subtle body systems and Kundalini just takes you there right away but you have to be careful about how you approach it and you need to pursue it with a teacher that you really know and trust. Okay, so now for my story. I encountered Kundalini Yoga maybe a couple months into my yoga exploration. And if you're obsessed with yoga like I am, um, very quickly yoga became a massive interest. I did my first yoga sequence ever to a video online and then I started exploring all the local studios in my area and taking advantage of all the you know one week free trial or intro class pass or you know your first 10 classes free or unlimited classes for your first two weeks um, in my neighborhood which at the time was Manhattan in New York so there were studios on every corner and there was so much for me to explore so if you live in a city and you have the option to try out a lot of different studios I highly encourage you to do that because again yoga is like dating it takes us a while to find the style that's right for us where we are in our personal development and flexibility and strength level and physical and mental needs right now right the kind of yoga that's going to resonate with you now is going to be different than the kind of yoga that's going to resonate with you in the future and this is why I love our uplifted community so much because so much yoga that I see out there is really about trying to sell people or get them indoctrinated into a particular style or philosophy and getting them to like buy into Ashtanga or Anusara as like the, the program solution that's going to be 
the the solution for them and the reality is we all need to pull from different styles of yoga to create a completely unique and personalized practice and uplifted is the community where you get to connect with each other and directly with me and we explore different things every month teaching you how to do that because the practice needs to be personalized and you need to pull from all sorts of different lineages and teachings and styles to put together a program that's going to be appropriate for you specifically. You are your own best teacher. And that's what Uplifted is about, empowering you to figure out and embrace. So I was in my early days of figuring this out, sort of trying to figure out, well, like what style is going to be right for me? And a lot of people, you know, they just go to the yoga studio close to their house and they're just like, oh, this is yoga. And they... Like either like it or don't like it. Do your exploration. And of course, being me, I did a crazy exploration. I think I tried every studio in Manhattan, which of course led me to a Kundalini yoga studio. And it's hard for me to remember because it was so many years ago if it was my first Kundalini class ever or actually I don't think it was my first class ever. I think I was going And there was a teacher that I really, really liked that a friend had recommended to me. And guys, with any yoga, but especially one as powerful as Kundalini, you want to be taking class and learning from a teacher you really know and trust who came highly recommended because these practices are so extra powerful um, and and can really stir things up in you. Wait till you hear the rest of my story. So I had been going to her class and definitely found kundalini a little weird. I think I was pretty shocked the first time I went because everyone's wearing white and the teacher's wearing a turban and it just feels very different, maybe a little more esoteric than your traditional um, yoga studio where everyone's wearing Lululemon, right? So I'd been taking a few classes and for whatever reason, I think there was a special workshop or somehow I signed up or I ended up in a class with a special guest teacher from Los Angeles. And I do not remember her name. I do not remember. And I'm sure she's an amazing, amazing teacher. But what happened was that we did a very advanced Kriya in that class, a series of these repetitive movements. And I started getting super, super, super triggered, meaning that I felt like I hated the teacher. I was swearing at her inside my mind. I didn't want to keep doing the exercises that she was putting out at us. And I wasn't able to calm myself down. Like even when I stopped doing the exercises, I just felt so angry. And this is what can happen in Kundalini is because you're awakening so much energy so powerfully, so fast with all these powerful mantras and breath work. Um, If you're not ready or if you don't have a really good solid relationship with the teacher who's explaining everything well you can experience what happened to me which is where I just basically got super angry and had an emotional meltdown and it was sort of a perfect storm because the teacher didn't I think it was more of an advanced workshop or because it was a workshop she assumed everyone who was there was quite experienced so it was never really, nothing was explained or talked about in the class. We just started doing this Kriya. And of course I started getting crazy triggered. And I didn't know that Kundalini Yoga was designed to trigger you and designed to sort of shine the mirror on where you need to work the most. Because as you do these repetitive breathing techniques, 
or these repetitive movements, what will happen is your mind will say, I want to stop doing this. I don't like doing this anymore. And that's the whole point, right? Because Kundalini yoga is a micro, a microcosm of how you react to difficult situations in your life. That's why it's called the, the, the yoga of awareness, why it's designed to slay your ego, because it right away um, shows you how you react to difficult situations. And for me, I, at that time, was working through a lot of my own stuff, um, feeling like a victim, which is a huge thing. I'm, I always am working on this victim mindset. And so my way of lashing out was like being angry at the teacher. Like she was doing this to me, right? I completely given my power away and I was angry and I was swearing at the teacher and I was upset and I was like, I hate this. I hate this exercise. I hate the teacher. I hate being here. I hate myself. I'm very angry. And what happened was because I had such a negative experience and so much energy had been released and um, because I wasn't able to properly reground and I'll talk a lot more about that in the uplifted member only podcast that comes with sort of like the Kundalini booklet and class plan that I have for you guys Um, but because there was no explanation of what was happening and there was no real regrounding that energy was just freeform in me And I was supposed to go meet someone for dinner and have like a whole, I think, Sunday evening. And I left this class and I couldn't speak. I was so angry. I was in such a state of just like anger and meltdown that I couldn't speak. I couldn't even speak to call my friend to cancel our plans. I think I just texted them like a one-liner, got on my bike because I biked everywhere in New York City at the time biked home as quickly as I could and I've never had an experience like this like I I could not eat I could not speak I was so depleted angry emotional mess that I lied on my bed and I think it was four or five o'clock and I didn't move until the next morning and it's a miracle that I went to work the next day I was that wiped out so that is the power of kundalini yoga in that story in a negative sense but it it and it kept me away from kundalini yoga for a very long time because as i told my my story of what happened to me to more and more friends and to the teacher who actually ended up becoming my teacher and who i trained with and whose principles i now share and talk about in my yoga teacher training he said to me you know he wasn't a fan of the kundalini techniques he said for the average person, it's just activating too much energy too fast um, in, and, and not enough focus on regrounding, which again, I'll, I'll go a lot deeper into if you're in Uplifted. So make sure to listen to the Uplifted Kundalini podcast. However, years later, moved to California, many years later, different situation, different uh, people. I went on another yoga retreat where because there were varying levels of people on the retreat, the teacher ended up teaching a lot of kundalini yoga because kundalini yoga is great for when you have uh, people of various levels in your class because it's really, uh, it's something that everyone can do and doesn't require a ton of flexibility. And the same thing happened. I started doing a lot of kundalini and I started getting very angry at this teacher and swearing at her in my mind and having just a very, very negative experience. Um, But because I was in a retreat environment now with a teacher who I actually loved, I was able to dialogue and talk to her about what was happening. And I had some massive, massive breakthroughs and insights 
about this victim sort of complex I had, why I was reacting the way I did. And I guess I'll, this podcast is already 20 minutes, so I'll just, I'll have the uplifted podcast kind of pick up from here. The point is after that retreat experience, I started integrating more and more Kundalini in like baby bites in to my, to my practice. And now it's one of my favorite, favorite things. And it's something I'm so proud of because it's literally a practice that I struggled with so deeply and had so much aversion to and was so triggering for me. And now I can do the exact same Kriyas and feel so strong and feel like I've slayed so many of my demons and that I've come so far in my personal development and that I'm just not triggered in the same way. And it's just really amazing because sure, do I feel like I've progressed in my vinyasa practice? Yes, my warrior two is more aligned and pretty now than it was five years ago for sure. But it's like nothing meaningless compared to the progress I've seen, I've made um, in terms of being able to deal with my ego, my insecurities on in, in, the, in the Kundalini side of things. So this podcast has maybe terrified you, maybe made you excited, maybe made you curious. Kundalini yoga is definitely something to be explored. And my biggest piece of advice is again, do it with that teacher you trust or do it with a teacher that you can interact and ask questions with. That's why in Uplifted, we have our live call scheduled. I think it's like right after the first week or um, right at the beginning of the training plan. So we can very quickly dialogue and talk on um, video chat you, me, and the rest of the group about like anything you may be experiencing that you have questions about because Kundalini Yoga is going to trigger you. It is laser focused on getting to the exact issue that it is you need to work through and where you need to have a breakthrough and starting to nudge that, um, which makes it very exciting but very scary if you're if you're doing that like totally on your own or you don't have someone you can talk to. So definitely explore it. You can try some of the classes on my YouTube channel for free and you might do them and have like absolutely no issue and not be triggered at all. Really, you have no idea how you're going to react to a specific Kundalini class or Kriya until you try it. And my goal with this podcast was really just to get you curious. Thank you so much as always for listening and being a supporter of the podcast. It means so much to me. Make sure you're practicing completely free yoga and meditation with me on YouTube. And I would love to welcome you into the Uplifted community this month for our Kundalini exploration. I have five or six new Kundalini classes as well as a ton of traditional yoga classes. So much awesome new member only content. We have guest experts and lectures our live calls. It's so much fun in there and every single member is just amazing. How this community has grown boggles my mind. So if you are a member and you're listening, thank you so much for being a part of what's been this most incredible adventure. So, so, so much love. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Always come to your mat. Always be stretching your body, your mind, your soul. From my heart to yours, namaste.